We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Special edition of Knicks Fan TV. CP here on the check-in. Tonight's guest, he covers MMA for ESPN. He's the host of the Ariel Elwani MMA show. Also co-hosts an MMA show with Daniel Cormier. We're going to talk Knicks and we're going to preview a big card, UFC 259. I'm a UFC fan and a Knicks fan as well, obviously. So joining us is... Ariel Elwani in the building. Ariel, thanks for joining me, man. How's it going? My man, the franchise. It's great to be here. I'm a big fan, like I told you before we uh, we recorded. In fact, my first nickname uh, when I started in media was the franchise. I was Ariel uh, the franchise. So I dubbed myself the franchise. No R. Okay. I dubbed it the franchise. But I hate okay, it. my I hate bad. It, no, it's all good. It's all good. So, so I, I guess maybe I just sort of willed that into existence, yeah. and I felt like we had a. Uh, a common bond there, but, uh, you know, sort of play on the same words. Uh, I like, I like the name. I love everything that you do. I like what you stand for. Great sure. appearance with Max on his show. Yeah. Way to represent my man. I had to so. get him out of there. He's a traitor, man. He's a turncoat. Yeah. The fan base has wanted me to get at him for years. I had him in my sights, man, and I got the opportunity. So, well done. You yeah. represented, Pre- and I know everyone it. was very proud of you. Appreciate it, man. Uh, on you, you know, born and raised in Montreal, you're in the backyard of the Montreal Canadiens, the famed hockey team. You got the Expos there. How did you stumble on the Knicks? As, I mean, obviously, this is pre-Raptors, but how did you yes. stumble on the Knicks as your basketball team? Yeah, so it's uh, it's 1990. I'm uh, I'm eight years old. I have two older brothers. We were all big basketball fans. Um, weirdly enough, we were bigger basketball fans than hockey fans, and everyone back home, you know, first and foremost is a hockey fan, but for some reason, we just loved the NBA, and I remember walking into a shoe store with my brother, and uh, he tells me, like, hey, you, 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 should get, you should get those shoes over there, and I know nothing. I'm just going to listen to my older brother. Well, they happen to be Ewing's. Mm. Now, you'll know that, uh, you know, the Ewing shoes back in the day, as much as we loved number 33, they weren't, you know, they weren't as cool as the Jordans. Yeah, let's right, just put right. it that way. Right? Yeah, they were yeah. a little clunky. They, were, they just yeah. weren't as, as, as cool as, as MJ's shoes. So I bought them, mm-hmm. but I knew nothing of Patrick Ewing. I'm eight years old. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wanted to know 
who's this guy Ewing that you know I'm wearing his shoes and I remember just watching him and watching early 90s Knicks and falling in love and when I say falling in love like it was borderline unhealthy how much I loved that team and I they were my favorite team growing up in any sport Patrick Ewing my favorite athlete of all time uh, Charles Oakley a close second uh, Starks Xavier McDaniel, 1992, going in, yeah. in in Jordan's face, all that yeah, stuff. I yeah. mean, we those. I, I remember crying the first time I like ever was affected by sports was 92 Game Seven against the Bulls. I really thought they'd pull up the upset yeah. in the second round. Yeah. And my brothers, my two older brothers, were Bulls fans, so it was oh, horrible. They made man. me feel so much worse. 93, we know what happened. 94 was horrible. 95 hurt me just as much because that was my guy missing the finger roll. Yeah. Like, it was pain. Yeah. It was pain, And you man. expected them to get right back. You know, that was the thing with 95. You expected them to get past the paces, get right back to the, you know, yep. get through and get to the finals. But, oh, man, it's hard. hard. So there was, there was a lot, and, and they shaped my, my adolescence. They shaped um, my life in high school. All I cared about was Knicks basketball, yeah. number 33. I wore number 33. Uh, playing high school basketball, I copied Ewing's game. Like I, I'm a six foot Jewish kid, <laughs> you know, shooting uh, baseline fadeaways and like holding my shorts like he did and wearing knee pads and things like that. Like I just love this man, and I'll never forget March 11th, 1995, the first time I ever went to the Garden. I begged my dad to take me. And uh, we, we went to a game against the Supersonics. We mm. went to New York for the weekend. They were playing the Supersonics on a Saturday night, March 11th, 1995. And just being in the arena and, and feeling the energy. And, and I, I, got to, I went to, um, to Crosby's. Yeah, yeah Crosby's. the jersey yeah. store. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yep. I got an Oakley jersey. And nice. you have to understand, like, this is pre-Raptors. No one cared about NBA basketball in yeah. Canada. Like, yeah. the, you could not get any coverage of it whatsoever. And so right. to be at the Mecca... It was just I get chills just talking about all this yeah. stuff. So that's kind of how it all started for me. Same here, man. And and it's all those elements that make you a fan, right? It's the passion and tenacity that the players like Patrick Ewan brought to the game. You know, a leader and and just leaving it all out there on the floor and then knee pads and the ice packs and all that. Then you take the energy in the garden. You know what they brought to the city, what they brought to that arena, and then the storylines of all the rivalries, man. It was unscripted played out right in front of your eyes right. and all of that just you know it, it this is what made me a fan now and and surviving the last 20 years of doom and gloom is it's that feeling because you you want to recreate that even Absolutely. though the team may not ever embody that style again you know the game is changing you just want that feeling again you want that well, feeling again man. the jersey represents all of that yeah um and i thought once they traded ewing Maybe it would change. It never really changed. Obviously, there have been ups and downs. Mm-hmm. 100% there have been moments where I was like, man, screw these guys. Why do I care so much about this? Mm-hmm. Because they break your heart. But in the 90s, um, those – I mean, I remember, you know, Houston's shot. Like, I don't know if I've ever been happier about anything in my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just jumping um, up and down. I mean, LJ's four-point play. Mm-hmm. One of my most underrated favorite moments of all time as a Knicks fan, and I don't think it gets talked about enough, mm-hmm. Game 7, 2000, second round, he yep. on the road, Ewing gets the dunk mm-hmm. over Morning. Morning tries to go for the steal. Remember that with, yeah, like, a minute yeah, left? yeah. Ewing's last great play, his, his and last great play, man. Yep. the Heat on the road for the third straight year, like that. The 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 the, the emotion that I felt, like yeah. I was crying, yeah, because my guy did it, you know. And so this is why we're a fan. This is why we love them so much, and and this is why this this season has been so much fun um, up until this point because you know we're starting to get those emotions back, those yeah, feelings absolutely, back. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's it. And and you mentioned the X Man and that interview of all the player interviews I've done. That is by far the most watched 
interview we've For ever real. done live, recorded. We've taken clips of that. You know, people always want to know why did X Man leave? Why did X Man yes. leave? And he kicked the interview off right then and there, told us the whole story. Then it, we, we did the interview around the time The Last Dance was coming out. So we went through that 92 series. And, oh, Sick. you talk about Goosebumps, I'm getting it right now, man. But the yep. X-Man interview was well-received by the fans. They loved it. That was one of the first times that I, I learned about the business of sports, right? Because yeah. Yeah. he was such a big part of that 92 team. And then all of a sudden, I think he's, what is he, playing in uh, in Boston? Mm-hmm. I'm he like, what? Boston. What is yeah, what is this? Yeah, like yeah. this was our guy. He went in Jordan's face. Like yeah. he had the 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 chutzpah to go in Jordan's face. Mm-hmm. That '92 team was so much fun because no one thought that they would take the yeah. Bulls to seven games. And so yeah, I'll never I'll never forget watching '94 Game Seven. I'll never forget Marv Albert saying it is clear that Pat Riley does not have any faith in Hubert Davis after all those mm-hmm. misses by John Starks, Starks who all defend. Yeah. Till this day, yeah. and then I remember Hubert Davis hitting a three with like a minute and a half, and I'm like, "Why did they put him in earlier?" Like these are the moments that stick with us, right? Yeah. It's it's just great stuff, man. It I love is, everything yeah. about the Knicks, and uh, and like I said, you know, there, there have definitely been moments where I've felt down, and sometimes it's hard to defend them. But when I mm-hmm. think back to those '90s Knicks and a little bit in the 2000s, very very early on, that 2000 series was a great one. Nothing makes me happier as a, as a sports fan. Big time, big time. Now, part of that 2000 team, you had Tom Thibodeau as an assistant coach on that stage on, on the Jeff Van Gundy. He's where he's taking us now. We're making progress. You know, you look at Julius Randle's season, uh, all-star, probably in the conversation for most improved, and just his whole change of attitude and, and really embracing the city and, and embracing that role of being the guy in New York. You're starting to feel that. Um, what's been your impressions of this team at, at the halfway mark? I wanted them to hire Tom when he left Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was disappointed that he went to Minnesota. He's an East Coast guy. He's a former Knicks assistant. He's a basketball lifer. Like, he doesn't have a family or anything. This guy just lives and breathes basketball. And they made one bad hiring after the next. Was not a fan of the Derek Fisher hiring. Yeah, was not a fan of the Fisdale hiring. And this is not, you know, I, I've said it on the record, not a fan of the Hornacek hiring. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these guys, like, I, I feel like, I feel like the Knicks are, are a family and, and you either get it or you don't. And I like I'll I'll be honest with you, I think Wally is great on MSG. Mm-hmm. It still kinda of bugs me he never played for the Knicks. I'm like, how could you talk about the Knicks? You you're not a former Nick. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he's great. It took me a while to get used to him too, man. It took me a while to get used to Wally. He's not a role, former man. Nick. Like it it pissed me off that they would never even interview Patrick. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't yeah. even give him that chance. Yeah. And so I, you know, for for the longest time, I wanted Jeff to come back. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the Phil Jackson hiring. I know he's a former Nick, but to me, you know, he's the Bulls and Lakers uh, as a coach and as an executive. I didn't want him to come. Um, and so all these feelings, and, and finally they made the right calls. Like, yes, okay, we get the basketball lifer. Mm-hmm. We're not getting the sexy pick. We're not getting the former right. player. We're putting. We're getting a guy who's put in the time, who's had the results, who has succeeded, um, and has turned franchises around. This is great. So. I, I said, you know, ESPN asked me um, to make a bold prediction, mm-hmm. and, and I did it for the app, so it's mm-hmm. on camera for this coming season. And I said, the Knicks are going to win over 30 games. Wow. And I don't think a lot of people said that before yeah. this season. I had 26. I had 26, bro. I'm not going to lie. I had 20. Vegas had 22. I said right. 26 based on the fact that they won 21 last year. Right. I said, uh, you know, incremental. They'll be better. I didn't expect the defense to come around this way. And me neither, think, listen, I'll be honest. Me neither. I was just trying to be optimistic. Yeah. I didn't expect this out of Julius. I'll be honest. Me neither. I, I did expect big things from RJ. Mm. I believe in RJ. I'm a little biased with RJ fellow as well because Toronto. fellow Canadian, you know I mean? my guy, yeah, yeah, for sure. Rowan Barrett, his father, the man. Um, but I just believe that if you have a proper leader, 
and a proper coaching staff and you got a guy like Tom in there, I do believe that great things are going to happen. And, and this has been phenomenal. I mean, it's just been so much fun yeah. to see them dig deep, have heart, play together, you know, be, be, be proud to be Knicks players. Uh, I don't know if you read that Julius Randle piece in the Players' Tribune. Have you um, read that I, yet? That's next. After this interview, I'm going to read it. Yeah, watch that and, and wait for the goosebumps, yeah, especially yeah. with the last line. Like, this guy wants to be here and he wants to be a leader. So it's been phenomenal. My only, my only uh, you know, my only complaint I wish the garden was rocking, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, could you imagine some of these games? Could you imagine that Bucks game yeah. earlier this season yeah. with the fans yeah. there? Oh, sure. would have been amazing. But it'll sure. come. It'll come. Yeah, yeah, and and even you know, being in the building, I was at the Kings game, and you know, oh, two thousand people is very quiet, is very low key, but the energy was still there, and even in that limited capacity, the crowd was still into it and very much excited. Excited when Frank came in the game with Kevin Knox, so you know, quickly went off that night as well. Alec Burks' fourth quarter, so even in is a it pain limited, to get in, like what? What do you have to do to get to the game? Um, you have to present a COVID test, and then after okay. that, you get right in. Barclays, That's I think it. they test you twice, but MSC, they don't test you twice. You just have to so all you have to do is get a test, get the result, and you show yeah. that when you walk Within in? Within 72 hours, you show that, and then I think they make you sign a waiver, um, some sort of waiver on a tablet, and then and then you go right in. Yeah. Sick. All right. That's not too bad. Yeah. They make you keep your mask going while you're seated unless like you're sure. eating or drinking, but it's very, very relaxed and low-key other than that. I would imagine it's all the hardcores there, right? Like yeah. it's probably it's it's none of the businessmen, the tourists no, no, for the no. most part, right? And you could hear you could hear it get hardcore, man, on the referees, <laughs> on on the opponents, <laughs> loud, loud and direct, man. So it was I want to experience time. that. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it was that was a great time. game to go to as well. Yeah, it was a good game. Definitely a good game to go to. Now the trade deadline is coming up. We're a couple yep. weeks away from the trade deadline. A lot of talk, a lot of fantasy, you know, Bradley Beal and, and Oladipo and Drummond. Mm. Where, do, where do you want to go, man? Is there any I, move you, you feel like you want to make with this team this year? So I, I was in favor of the D-Rose trade. I know a lot of people, I, I was cautiously optimistic. I just felt mm. like they needed that veteran presence. I felt like they needed a bit of an upgrade at uh, point guard. I, I was worried that it would affect our guy IQ. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I have... Uh, Big aspirations for him, like mm-hmm. everyone else. He totally got robbed. That rising stars yeah. Yeah. nonsense. We, we, I mean, come they on. They put the Andre Hunter on there. He hasn't played in weeks. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would argue quickly he's front runner for rookie of the year. Yeah. Can't make the freaking you know rising stars, yeah. but alas, I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see them. Look. It's funny when people say, you know, oh, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. I feel like we've been rebuilding for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a part of me that wants to see them in the playoffs and go on a run. But now, you know, like this is almost like we're going back to 2010 when we had this, the pieces before the Mellow Trade, which I was in favor of. I just want to see them let this play out. Yeah. So if you're going to make a small move here or there, sure, you feel like you can upgrade, sure. But to blow this up for a Bradley Beal, by the way, with all due respect to Bradley Beal, like what does he want? You know what I mean? Like, you know, with with, with the Wizards and with John Wall and some pretty good teams, like how far have they gone? It's not like he's going to come in there and change, you know, the fortunes of the franchise. Andre Drummond, same thing. So I don't want to see them get rid of Barrett, for sure not, for sure not, Randall, none of these guys. Small move here and there, fine. But I kind of – I like this little engine that could. And I want to see for this season – whether or not this this group of underdogs can do something, mm-hmm. all right, they make it to the playoffs. I don't know about you. I'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. And then come off season with all that salary cap, you know, uh, money, then we can, you know, take it, it to the next step. But I don't want to see them blow. Like, let's let's see this. Let's have see fun with these guys. You know what I mean? Through, yeah. I don't want to blow this thing up. Yeah. No way. I agree with you, man. I think to me they they're 
far and away exceeding my expectations. And so, to me, this is house money. Whatever happens, whether they miss the playoffs or make it to me, this has been a successful season. When you look at Julius, when you look at guys like RJ, like quickly coming onto the scene, Mitch on the defensive end, his improvements as well. I don't want to see them blow that up. I want to see them continue building chemistry because you've seen, especially with RJ and Randall, chemistry year over year. And so I want to see them continue to build. And, you know, like you said, the Bradley Beal stuff, why subtract, you know, a large majority of what's helped right. you become successful? Then you bring in Bradley Beal and you have to figure it out all over again. You know what I'll I mean? Also, 100%. Yeah. And I'll also say that I think that we feel an attachment to these guys right now yeah. because they're homegrown, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mitch, homegrown. RJ, homegrown. Quickly, homegrown. Um, Nilakina, I think part of the reason why so many fans love them so much, homegrown, and they want to see this through. They want to see it through. Uh, Julius, you know, no one wanted him. I think a lot of Knicks fans didn't want him and yeah. didn't think that, and now we feel like he's our guy and he's representing us and right. so on and on it goes. Um I, I wanna see this thing through and I, I really I can't stress this enough. I have so much faith in Tom Thibodeau and I see people complaining about the minutes and all this stuff, like, man, this guy knows. Yeah. This guy knows. He he is a proper NBA coach who has put in the time, who has done things the right way. Like just I trust Tom Thibodeau. I really do. Yeah. And so I just want to see I want to could you imagine could you imagine come, you know, mid to late May, this team gets in the playoffs and hopefully there are more fans at MSG yeah. and we're talking about the it's defense chance. I mean, like I legit get goosebumps. Yeah. I the NBA is better when the Knicks are better. And by yeah. the way, and, and part of the reason why I was happy that you know you uh, you represented so well on on ESPN Radio for the company I work for, mm-hmm. I'm so tired of the LOL Knicks nonsense. Yeah. You know, I w- they yeah. they brought me on for the uh, the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember, yeah. And and I knew that they brought me on because there's a very good chance the Knicks weren't going to get the first pick, right. and they wanted you know the crying Knicks fan. <laughs> and in the moment, I was pissed. I, in the moment, I was pissed. But then it sunk in. I'm like, the camera's on me right now. Yeah. And I went on this rant about RJ, how he's going to be rookie of the year, and I was wrong about that. But I'm like, no, we need to change our 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 perception. We right. need to change the way people view us. We're not the crying fan at the draft. We're not the. We believe in this team. Yeah. We believe that they're going to turn things around. We want to be positive. We don't want to be the laughing stock of the league anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm tired of that. And I just love like slow. Every time the Sports Center or Instagram, uh, in, uh, Sports Center or, or ESPN Instagram account point, post something about the Knicks now, I, I just write apologize. <laughs> I want them. They need to apologize. Put to some fans. respect on our names. Yes. Put Enough of this. Day, They've been taking shots at us for yeah. way too damn long, yeah. and it's time for them to respect Knicks fans again. That, that's a fact, man. You know, they had the camera on you that night. They had the camera at, at our party. Uh, our network of content creators, we, had, we were at uh, Slattery's Midtown Pub in, in New York City. So the draft coverage, when they would pan to New York and the Knicks fans, oh. it was at our event. So we had the ESPN cameras there. Oh, I remember. Marty every, Smith was the reporter. Yeah, there, Marty right? was yes. there. The, yes, the NASCAR yes. guy, he was there. And, uh, you know, listen, we were disappointed when it happened, but obviously with RJ being here and his growth, um, I'm happy with RJ here, man. And um, on the trade deadline thing, look, I, I think – you know, if, if, if small on the margin deals, if, if a JaVale McGee's available and, and Mitch is still ailing, because we, I, I feel like we need that depth on the front court, yep. that's the type of move. Or, a, you know, a Terrence Ross, if you can get him, you know, a, a second round pick and maybe an Iggy. I know he's a your fellow countryman, but something like that, you know. I wouldn't want to give up Knox or, or give up on one of these young pieces for a little patchwork type of deal. No, nothing like that. No. I, I, I want to see this through and I want to see what Tom. I mean, look at Frank. Uh, was on the bench, 
Now he's getting an opportunity. I know the Spurs game wasn't uh, wasn't great, but mm-hmm. like you know, I think we just need to have some patience. At the end of the day, we're only at the midway point of a shortened season. Yeah. So I want to see what he could do with these guys because I think a lot of us had high hopes for these guys. Now I'll say that I'm not as big of a Frank guy as, as Nick's Twitter. Mm. Like I get it, long win span. Yeah. I get yeah. it. He was our guy. Like I think we're a little bit delusional when it comes to his ceiling. Yeah. I'll yeah. just say, I think, like, the way we talk about, you know, Frank Nilakina, like, you would think he's the second coming of LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, I think I, th- I think we kind of know where he's at, but I get it. I love it. We want we want our guy to make it. Um, that being said, I just – I don't see any deal out there, and maybe I'm wrong. That's why I'm not Scott Perry and company mm-hmm. uh, that is worth doing to blow this up because this has been so much fun. This yeah. is the team that Knicks fans have been asking for. We haven't been asking for something crazy. We just want a reason to care. We want guys who are going to care and who are going to play meaningful basketball come the spring, and, and hopefully that's where we're headed. True story, man. I think it could be someone that, if they do make a move, it could be someone that no one is really thinking about or a name that's not out there yet. So uh, Bears worth watching. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. Now, on this show, since we have the big card, UFC 259 coming up, I thought it was a good idea, man, to get, you know, back in the day, the Knicks were, were known to be brawlers, man. They were known to be fighters. They brought MMA to basketball. Yes. <laughs> Give me a top five. Nick's brawls of all time, top five. Okay, yes. And uh, I do, I do want to say that I'm not supporting fighting yes, during yes. basketball We're games. Not you know, this, correct. Of course, yes. Um, but they were involved in some amazing, uh, amazing fights back in the day, and I think it's part of the reason why – the fans loved them so much because we felt like you know mm-hmm. they were representing New York. And by the way, what's up with Max saying because you were born in 1984? Oh, he tried have... it. He tried I mean, it. What Max, is that? Stop it, man. Stop. Oh. He, he tried to say, did you did you even see anything? I saw everything. Yes, come on. In Oakley, the Charles Smith game, I remember that vividly. And, right. and how that felt. That's actually when you become a fan. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's when it actually affects yeah. you the most. So I'm born in '82, okay. and so I'm I'm just a little bit older than you. But like that, I remember everything from '90 on. Everything. I, mean, I remember it like everything. it was yesterday. Yeah. So, alas, I digress. Right. I mean, the guy, you know, I don't know what's his deal <laughs> with, with the Knicks. Sell out I think it's now a, a shtick type of thing. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't it be funny if they actually go on a run and these guys Ooh. are going to have to start talking about them in a positive in way? A positive way, man. Crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah. okay. So so so. Um, Memorable brawls. I'm gonna yeah. you, I'm gonna start with number five and go to number one. Okay. So five Let's being the worst. Oh, a couple of honorable mentions, yeah. right? Honorable mention: um, Oakley and Barkley. Yeah. Oakley and Barkley uh, preseason game in Houston. Remember they threw down. Uh, Oakley was the man, of course. I mean Tyrone Hill. Yeah. We remember all the all the things that he did. That was my lowest moment as a Knicks fan, by the way, when they dragged Charles Oakley out of there. That's the one. That's the one issue I had with you. I felt like you were defending Dolan on that one. Just you know a little what? bit. This is the thing, though. Indefensible. This, this is the thing. I listen. Oak was my guy. Oak was my guy. Was no more. No, still is. Still is. Okay. Still is. Now the interview. It was. It was a twelve round battle, man. It was a twelve round battle. <laughs> you know, I I try to bring in some objectivity. I yeah. wanted his side of the story. And listen, I just said it was an unfortunate situation, but I feel like there's still three sides to the story. It, I think. I think there's there's three parts to it. It's Dolan sicking the goons on him. Mm-hmm. It's whatever triggered that. And I think it's the the incident with the security in Oakley itself erupted into something that it shouldn't have erupted into. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it could have easily been avoided. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Oak until I find out that he did something criminal. Right. I just gotta defend him till I die because that's okay. our guy. I mean, he gave us so much. He, he did. did so much for this franchise. Um, I I just I love the guy. I love the guy. He so did. anyway. Oak and Barkley, yeah. honorable mention. Also honorable mention, uh, Nick Spurs, Ooh. Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. 
you know, the infamous uh, Marcus Camby Van Gundy moment. On a day where you called for peace. I know, I know. That was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> if Camby would have connected with Van Gundy fully, he would have split him in half, man. I'm telling uh, you. Oh, my that gosh. That was the, the wildest haymaker I've ever saw, man. And I love Van Gundy, and I got the opportunity to work with him a couple times now doing NBA sidelines mm-hmm. for ESPN, and mm-hmm. the guy is just the best. He's everything that you see on TV. He's just like that off camera. Yeah. And it's so, one day I went to lunch before my first game with Breen mm-hmm. and Van Gundy. And, like, if you knew what, what I was feeling inside, here right. I am. Yeah, that would know, be amazing, man. My favorite coach of all time and one of my favorite broadcasters ever and the voice of the Knicks. And they yeah. could not have been nicer and more welcoming to me. That's I mean, fantastic. true mentions, unbelievable guys. Yeah. So uh, my, my least favorite of my top five mm-hmm. would be uh, 97, P.J. Brown, Charlie Ward, uh, Brown with the illegal yeah. slam. Yeah. I mean, a dirty tactic. Dirty. Yeah. Dirty. I mean, all, all Charlie Ward was doing was boxing him out. Yeah. It was just boxing yeah. him out, a clean box out. We're up 3-1. That game was was out of hand, but of course, you know the NBA screws the Knicks by by suspending Ewing and, and guys stepping over a line I mean, here on. and there, man. Closest series, man. Just trying to break it up. Yeah. Just trying to break it up. Game six is one of my favorite intros, and I can't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I remember like Scott Brooks had to play, yeah. Herb Williams had to play, and at the beginning at MSG game six was a Friday night. They played a, a video package with all the guys who were available that night, and they yeah. said, this game is dedicated to all those who believe. And I was in my basement in Montreal, and I was like, I believe. And I remember morning hit a three at the end of that game, and that was the one season where they pushed the three, yeah. they pushed the three-point line in. Yeah. So it would not have been a three any other season, and that really uh. bugs me. They want game six, and then they smoke the Knicks in game seven. Yeah, so 97 kills me because we were going to be the Bulls in 97. You, you know, know what? That, right? Chris Childs came on the show and he really he really lamented the fact that, you know, because he felt like they could have they could have made some noise against the Bulls. Yeah. You know, so losing all those guys, he I think he played well in game six. He had a very good game six. Yeah. But, you know, we, we lost you and Houston Ward in game six and then Starks and LJ game seven, man. So hard to bounce back. And it was a wrap. Yeah. It was yeah. a wrap. So that that's my least favorite. Then we go to uh, Nuggets Knicks. Um, Ooh, yeah. probably like the last major brawl in the NBA. Yeah. Me- see, this one's a weird one for me because our guy Mello, who I'll defend till the death as well, you know, he's on the other side. That was a he gets spot. the cheap shot in. Yeah. Remember the cheap shot? Yeah. And he's backpedaling. I was like, ah. J.R. Smith yeah. also involved, yeah. who gave us great memories. So that was a weird one, but it, that one got ugly. That one yeah. got ugly. In, 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 in fairness to the orange and blue, like they were kind of showboating. They were pouring it on when it didn't need to be poured on anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. But that whole era was just dark. I mean, like the Isaiah era, probably my least favorite in history. So yeah. They were running up the score. And Isaiah, yeah. being an old school guy, Chicago guy, in the 80s, that would never fly. So he told these no. guys, hey, and these guys are trying to 360 in the lane like JR was doing. You make a pay. The Knicks had all their scrubs out there on the floor. The, the Nuggets had all their starters. You know, Jr. and Nate get into it, but that Mellow thing, like you, man, Mellow's my favorite player from Syracuse on down. That night, yep. I was like, oof, you know, cheap shot, and then he's running in the oh, – He's running like, back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was weird. And then it was Jared um, Jeffries chasing him, man. So I'm wondering, yeah. remember when Jared Jeffries blew that, that shot attempt against the Celtics in the playoffs, man? Yeah. That could have been purpose. That could have been purposeful. Yeah, right. That could have been retribution <laughs> later I wonder on, if they man. ever talked it out, like when they when he joined. When he came when he back? When he joined the Knicks. Uh, they had yeah. to. Uh, they had to, man. They had to have addressed it. I don't know. Maybe I'll get Jared Jeffries on, man. We'll talk yes. About it, man. Hey, yeah. by the way, Jared Jeffries, I was for Jared Jeffries. He played hard. You know, I know, yeah. I knew his ceiling wasn't the highest, mm-hmm. but 
I got a lot of love for that, you know, 2012-2013 era of Knicks mm-hmm. basketball. Of course, 2013 was the best that we've had in a long time. But anyway, um, then we get to Knicks' sons in the mid-90s. That was a good one, man. Doc Rivers, Kevin Johnson. That was a class. Total madness because they, 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 like, they had a little brouhaha. Then they diffused it. And then it like turned into like full blown brouhaha. Greg <laughs> yeah. Anthony gets a cheap shot in. Yeah. Uh, on I think it was Dan Marley or with something. With the Armani he, shirt, man. Yeah, he didn't yeah, care. Yeah, Greg yeah. Anthony was with it, man. He was with it. Oh, uh, I love number fifty UNLV. Yeah. Greg Anthony. Um, that was just madness. And uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's like the height of the big bad Knicks. Mm-hmm. Ewing's in his prime. Uh, Doc Rivers in his prime. Uh, like I said, Greg Anthony, yeah. you've got Oakley in his prime. I mean, Mason's in the mix mm-hmm, over there. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. that was just – plus, that was, you know, a very good Suns team. Yeah. Kind of crazy that Oakley and Barkley weren't involved. It was in that one, yeah. In that one, they were actually playing peacemaker in this one. It was yes. really Craig Anthony, Stocks. You know, every fight, Stocks is in the middle of Craig. Right. He, he's Love in there. Guy. He's in there going toe-to-toe with everybody, man. And, uh, you know, Kevin Johnson was totally out of line. Yeah. Yeah, um, dirty, dirty screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers was great back in the day. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers, uh, I went to Knicks camp in 1997 in Purchase mm-hmm. from Montreal. My buddy Mo and I went to Knicks camp in 97. Doc Rivers came to talk to us, and I was so excited that like a real life New York Knicks was in front of me. Yeah. Mike Saunders as well. I remember Mike yeah, Saunders. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was the man. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, so that's number three. Yeah. Number two is uh, Knicks Bulls, of course. Ooh, um, yeah. Jordan's out. Uh, Derek Harper, the man. 94. 94. Yep. Jojo English, the mm-hmm. scrub. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They get into that thing right in front of David Stern. Right in, in front the, of David Stern. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I forgot to check beforehand was, was that the same game as the Tony Kukoc shot? Was that um, the, the same series? Yeah, that was the same series. Same. That was 100%. That was one that when Pippen didn't want to come back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the same series. I don't know if it was that game. That was game three. I don't remember. It, it, it might it might have game. even been that game. But anyway, yeah. crazy series. We get over the hump. Um, Bulls are trying to act, you know, all tough without their fearless leader. Mm-hmm. Derek Harper, one of my favorite, me too. You know, Knicks players. Same. That was a huge trade. Mm-hmm. Number eleven from Illinois. Um, first NBA sideline game that I ever did was in Dallas, nice. and I was at the urinal right next to Derek Harper. And he's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "You're fucking Derek Harper, man." Shit, I'm sorry for swearing. Was, the, was that bad? No, oh, no, man. you're good, man. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. Yeah, I yeah. never swear. Oh, but this okay, is what the okay. Knicks do to me. This yeah. is what the Knicks do to me. Like, wow, That's Derek passion, Harper. Man. Derek Harper. Remember when they say the like best. that? So, yeah, it was great. It was yeah. great. What a great uh, rivalry that was. So that's number two, yeah. and then number one. Uh, Knicks Heat '98. Oof. When our guy Jeff JVG gets in there, grab and, and and I loved it because it was morning and LJ. It was the two former Hornets. It's like the dying seconds of the game, yeah. and and LJ's not taking his crap anymore. Yeah. And there's our guy in the Jeff Van Gundy in the mix, in, in, man. In the, in the mix. In the mix. Neither guy connecting. Neither guy connecting. It's Van Gundy. Neither guy connecting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. You know, none of these fights had good techniques. Let's be honest. Like, if you want to see bad fights, you go watch an NBA fight. Yeah, yeah. Most and and if you ever want to see, like, it's amazing to me when you watch NBA players hit the bag. How you know uncoordinated they are. It's yeah. like they're so talented, they're so athletic, and then you see them put on boxing gloves, and it's like, what? How are you so stiff? It's amazing. And then conversely, you ever see an MMA fighter try to play basketball, and it's, it's you know it's comical as well. <laughs> but that one to me was just you know so memorable. Plus. You know, it also brings back good memories. 98 was a great um, run for us because we were the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. No one thought that we'd be able to beat the Heat, mm-hmm. the two seed, and then, of course, 99, eight seed. They're the, yeah. the one seed. But I just love 
why we will always defend Jeff is because, you know, that right there, right? He yeah. he was a true New Yorker. He got in the mix. He defended his guys yeah. till the death. He Loved fought it. for them on the court, off the court, everything, man. That was my coach. Even when, you know, we made the Thibodeau high, I said, let's talk to Jeff. You know, Jeff was my first choice. Not going to lie. Jeff was my first choice. I don't blame and you. it's for that reason, man. It's for that. A lot of people say, oh, well, he left them high and dry, you know, when he when he just walked away. I said, look, man, he was losing all his hair. Look at all the stress. Right. He couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. I know? used to love those post game scrums where he's drinking the the diet coke yeah. and he's got the massive bags <laughs> under his eyes, and you could just see the hair disappearing. But he one was by just, one, man. Ah, oh, he's yeah. such. I went into like a, a like this rabbit hole recently where I was trying to find the press conference or the scrum when when he resigned. Yeah. Couldn't find it, but then stumbled upon the day he was hired. Against mm. Philly, mm-hmm. remember the the, yeah. the first yeah, game where they got right blown in. out, yeah, yeah. and then they they ended up beating the seventy two and ten Bulls on mm-hmm. the Sunday afternoon um, on NBC, and it's just it's just amazing to like go back and watch some of those clips of young yeah. Jeff and MSG with Johnny Hoops and Marv Albert yeah, and yeah. all this stuff, man. Ah, the memories that it gives me, like very few things make me happier than trying to relive those times. Sure, it's tremendous. And then the other thing on Van Gundy was the fact that that whole ninety nine run we remembered as a Cinderella run, his head yep. was on the chopping block. Yep. You know, that team did not play well. They struggled. There was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of lows, injuries. He was going to get fired. 100%. He was going to get fired. And Phil Jackson was, was angling for the job. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the first playoff game I ever went to was game three, second round, 99 against the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And that's the Chris Dudley game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game on a Saturday afternoon, the Garden was chanting Jeff and Gundy because we all knew what was up and we wanted him to stay. I mean, the fact that they even made the playoffs at that point was crazy. They beat the Heat. We knew that they were going to smoke the Hawks. They were they were they were overrated as I think they were a four seed or a five seed Mm because we were the eight seed. And then it was just magical stuff. Um, And then one of my favorite series ever is that Easter. Like no one thought they'd beat the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember, remember Game Six, Mm -hmm. LJ going out. And Houston, you know, doing that doing in honor that, of this yeah, guy. Yeah. I mean, it was just and, – and Ewing getting injured, I think, game two with the Achilles. I yeah, mean, the Achilles, This man. is great stuff. This is great it's, stuff. It's, it's, had we I'm had scared. Ewing in 99, we would be in the Spurs. I'll believe that till the We would have definitely given him a better run. No doubt. And yeah. a healthy LJ, man. You know, LJ, hurting, LJ his, yeah. hurting his knee. I mean, I think in a normal, you know, NBA season, he probably wouldn't even have played. Because right. that knee injury was pretty serious, you know. It's just a just a rough, rough situation, man. But like you said, you know, just those stories, man, that, that – heightened your passion as a fan and and here we are today man and this is why we continue to you know like again going back to the max thing but it's anyone who says that like why do you do this why do you Mm. i'm not a nick fan because of james dolan right you know what i mean i'm that's not why i got into this yeah um i'm not a nick fan because of uh, this coach or that coach you know what has made me even a greater Nick fan now is I'm a dad now, and you know my middle son in particular, he's seven. His name is Walter. By the way, one of the reasons why I called him Walter nice. is because of Clyde. Nice, nice. Uh, I actually pitched middle name being Clyde, but I got nice. overruled on that one. But um, you know, I I I have noticed he's really like he's asking me every morning now. Are they mm-hmm. playing tonight? Mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. The, so now they're 18 and 17. What he's doing like the math, and I'm like nice. I'm seeing. At around the same age that it happened to me, I'm building, seeing it happen building. to him. Yeah. And he's, he, he, like, he saw Derrick Rose hit the buzzer beater on, uh, what was it, Sun, Saturday night against the Pacers mm-hmm. at the end of the first half. Yeah, right, and right. he's like, oh, he's my favorite player now. And it's like, That's this is cool, how kids, man. this is how their minds yeah, work. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I saw him do something. He's, like, when I saw Starks dunk, I'm like, this is my guy, That's right? Yeah, so yeah. now I get to do it with him all over again. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, oh, thank God. The bad, the bad years were before my kids were born. Imagine they go like, on a run now for the next 10 years, like mm-hmm. when I was his age. 
I'm just so excited to take him to the garden and, and he can experience that as well. And it's just almost made me into a bigger fan this year because I'm getting to experience it as a dad. That's a beautiful feeling, man, because the fandom is starting to form inside of him and it's yes. a thing that you guys can connect on. You know, my son, he's uh, he's two going on three now, and that's something that, you know, I'm trying to get him into little by little as well. It will so take some time. It will take some time. Like yeah. my kids were born. My oldest was born during uh, Linsanity. Okay. And so that was very exciting. So the first jersey I got him was a Lynn jersey. Mm -hmm. Crazy story. I got him like a a Lynn onesie. The kid's like a month old. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to have a son that I can actually give a Knicks jersey to that he was wearing it. My wife is breastfeeding. I take a picture. I'm so excited. I don't realize (laughs) that he's off the breast. And I texted it to all my friends. And, And they brought me back and they're like, yo. And I was so fixated on the jersey yeah, yeah, that my, yeah. I had a son that was wearing a Knicks jersey that I forgot. I didn't pay attention that my wife was exposed. And and luckily she didn't mind. She was like, I get it. But yeah, my yeah. friends were all like, yo, you do realize what you just sent us, right? I was like, I did not realize that. Honestly, I didn't. I was Open just, the Knicks, man. Open number the Knicks, 17. Man. It was right there. I was like so excited. That That's hilarious, man. That is hilarious. Um, now shifted to, to, to the MMA side and, and yeah. going on your career, you know, you're now at ESPN, but it was a rocky journey for you, you know, getting yes. into this and, and pursuing your passion. You had a lot of highs, a lot of lows and some setbacks in between. Um, what has been, you know, the, the lessons that, that you've learned, what, what is the things that have stuck most with you as you kind of, um, ascend yep. on your journey? The, the the main thing that comes to mind is, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't lick your wounds. There are going to be many, many, many setbacks, and there are going to be people who doubt you, who are going to try to bring you down, who are going to try to hurt you, and uh, they win if you feel sorry for yourself and you say, ah, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm going to quit because there have been definitely a lot of times where I could have just packed it up and went home. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you work hard, if you remain professional, if you treat people the right way, if you work hard, if you outwork everyone, like I keep going back to that because it's the truth. And, you know, you, you become, you know, in my profession, one of the things that helped me was I was, um, I was very much a believer that you need to be trustworthy for the athletes. So like if someone calls me up and tells me something off the record, Mm -hmm. that is going in the vault. I will never break that trust. Mm -hmm. And so they start to notice that and then they'll come to you with more things and they know that you're going to take care of them when they have something big to announce or they want to talk about something or they're going through some tough times and they want to do an interview with someone who's going to, you know, be respectful. So all these things um, end up working, you know, in your favor if you do things the right way. But uh, yeah, there have definitely been setbacks, but I just, you know, I really wanted this badly and I still feel like I haven't made it just yet. I know some people will be like, oh, you made it. You're at ESPN. Still feel like I'm, you know, one, one thing away from it all going down, one thing away from, you know, uh, this dream coming to an end. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to make the most of it. But the, the, the biggest thing is because there's definitely been times where I've felt sorry for myself and I've had to, like, snap out of it and be like, no, I'm going to prove these people wrong. I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed. And, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say, that, you know, the first time I got to do sidelines mm-hmm. when people told me that, you know, you're done and or you're not going to make it. And, like, here I am at an end game mm-hmm. on ESPN or here I am Christmas Day on ABC and I'm the freak. Like I don't belong here. It's mm-hmm. Breen Van Gundy and Helwani. Like how the hell did I end up here? <laughs> I was just a kid 
watching MSG Network, who would wake, you know, I would wait till 11:30 at night because I couldn't get the WFAN post game show mm-hmm. back home in Canada. Right. But at nighttime, late at night, the signal would, when you would get the signal, right? I would get yeah, the signal yeah, and I would yeah. listen to the yeah. post game. Yeah. And I like that's me. I'm just, a, I'm just a fan, man. I just like I, do, I should not be here. And somehow I made it here, so I don't screw this up and don't let other people win. And so I've just tried to have that mentality, that fighter's mentality, and yeah. I just pray and hope that it continues for many years. That's dope, man. And maybe that goes all the way back to when you, you, your brothers were teasing you about the Knicks and the X-Men, man. Maybe all that adversity for sure. was building you up to be prepared Absolutely. for where you are right That's now. That's why I love these guys, man, because yeah. back then, you know, they were the underdogs, and they were the fighters, and they were the ones that didn't give up. And, yes, it didn't go their way, but I, I identified with that, man. Like, I remember mm-hmm. this is like this is crazy stuff that I would do. The, 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 the afternoon – that Ewing missed the finger roll, Mm -hmm. I was invited to a bar mitzvah. I I was in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. You know what a bar mitzvah is, right? Oh, I've been to plenty. Uh, Here in Long Island, I've been to plenty, man, yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. New York, everyone knows. Mm -hmm. So I went to one of my uh, magazines, and I took a – I cut out a Knicks logo, and I taped it on my yarmulke. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm going to be proud that I'm a Knicks fan. I'm going to go there, even though we're we're feeling at our lowest right now. And I remember, I think it was 90 – was it 98 we lost to the Pacers? I think we lost to the Pacers in 98. Did we lose to the Pacers? Or maybe 90 – no, no. Yeah, 98 we lost to the Pacers yeah. And um, after the Heat series. Mm-hmm. And these kids were teasing me. Oh, Knicks are never going to win. Ewing's never going to win. I took a kid's head, no joke, and I smashed it into the lockers, and I got sent to the principal's office because I was just going to fight for my guy. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. the kind of person that I am. So I'll be damned if someone's going to take my career away from me. I'm going to fight. I have that in me. And, uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's what connected me to those guys because I just love the way they were toughness, scrapping man. all the time. Toughness, toughness, man. Um, Dana White, pre- yes. president of, of UFC. Uh, you've covered him. You guys had a cordial relationship a- along your journey. Now it's been kind of, you know, cantankerous. What's happened there and, and where are you guys at now? Uh, I would say now we have a non-existent relationship. You know, mm. I don't talk to him. He doesn't talk to me. We haven't really talked to be honest, in five years, since 2016, since they banned me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I, I would say at one point it was even more than cordial. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were actually on really great terms. Mm-hmm. But over time, you know, everyone always asks me, what happened? What happened? What's mm-hmm. the story? There is no story. Mm-hmm. Just over time, you know, uh, he and the brass didn't like that I would report on or talk about things that they didn't want talked about in the media now i'm talking about like the most benign stuff i'm talking about you know free agency mm-hmm. in our sport because it's different than in, in the other sports or unions or you know fighter pay and this is the stuff that they don't want the media to talk about but i don't talk about it in an unfair or unethical way i don't take cheap shots i really try my best to be professional and down the middle and all this stuff i don't talk about you know salacious things they just didn't like that so over time they weren't happy with it um they they got me fired from Fox. Mm. Um, the McGregor just, um, Floyd, so you you were banned from there. Too, I right? was that was the following yeah. year. I was going to do that. They didn't let me do that. But you know, again, as I was alluding to prior, uh, I didn't. You know, I could have said, hey, like Floyd and and uh, and Connor that fight, Maymac. Um, I was bummed. I was devastated. I was supposed to be a part of the Showtime team and the buildup to the fight and maybe on fight night as well. This was a huge opportunity for me. And I find out the day of the first press conference that they have to remove me. I'm already, I'm in L.A. I, I live in New York. I fly to L.A. overnight. 
I'm at the Staples Center mm-hmm. right outside it, and they tell me, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't do it because, you know, they raised the stink. Mm-hmm. So I could have gone back to my hotel room and cried or, or, or felt sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to cover this fight better than any single person in the world. And I feel like it isn't a bold statement to say that I kicked everyone's ass in the buildup of that fight, including ESPN, who I did not work for at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to outwork everyone and prove to them that they made a huge mistake. And that's just kind of been the mentality that I've had. Would I like for it to end and, and us to be on better terms? Sure. But I don't think it has held me back or, you know, has put me in a tough spot. I mean, in the midst of all this, I got hired by ESPN and, yeah. and they knew where the relationship was at. So. Right. I'm fine. As, lo- as long as I can continue to cover the sport and, and make a living and support my family, then I can't complain. Hey, it's that Knicks mentality, man. It's put you where, right. you where you are, man. No doubt about it. Now, they don't know about the three to the dome. They don't know about they it. Have no they idea. don't know about it. They man. don't have no idea. That's Come it. on. That's the process, man. Now, as you segue to this fight, big card. I'm looking forward to this card. Uh, you have three championship bouts, the first of which uh, is is my favorite, and that is Pyotr Jan versus my guy, Aljamain Sterling, trained out here in Long Island with the Wyman mm-hmm. camp. Very familiar with those guys. Aljamain also being of Jamaican background. He, he's my guy, man. I've been, been supporting him since, uh, since I came to know about him. Jan is the champion. Coming yep. off of a uh, brutal, brutal um, beating of, of Jose Aldo. I thought they should have stopped that fight way earlier. But I agree. You know, um, that's that's neither here nor there. What do you think Aljamain needs to do to walk out of there the champion this weekend? Man, well, Aljo's on a roll. Like, his, his last fight was yeah. a, a win over Corey Sanhagen, who I think very highly of. Um, and he made it look relatively easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a, a path to success if he tries to replicate that in the sense that if you're a grappler like Aljo and you're, you're unconventional like he is, you know, his nickname is the Funk Master yeah, because he's right. kind of funky. Yeah. Um, in the early portion of the fight, everyone's dry. And so when you try to get into the grappling and you take someone down, it's a lot harder to get out of things mm-hmm. when you're not sweating, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's actually what was part of the problem for, for Corey. He got him down early, and he was able to do his thing on the ground, and Corey was unable to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, the knock on Jan, if you want to say there is a knock on him, is that he hasn't fought a grappler as good as Aljo, gotcha. and I do believe that to be true. I just think that Jan is really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible striker. These Russians, man, these Russians are unflappable, yeah, right? Like yeah. they are just – they are beasts. Yeah. So this is going to be tough. You know, there was once, uh, you know, a knock on Aljo that he didn't like to get hit. Mm. And, I, and I think that he would admit that as well. He didn't like the idea of getting hit. But then he got brutally knocked out by a guy named Marlon That Marais. was scary, man, when he got stretched out, man. That was yep. a tough one to watch, man. But it actually, I think, uh, was a blessing in disguise for him because I think it took the pressure away from the what if. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, so it happened. You know, it, it happened. I experienced it. And I think he's actually become a better fighter as a result of that. Yeah. So I think he's he's okay with, you know, staying in the pocket with him. I think he's okay. I think he's going to try to get this fight to the ground and do his thing over there. Um, and I think of the three title fights, this is the toughest one to call. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm, I'm leaning towards the champ, who's a slight, slight favorite, just because Jan is just so damn tough and so good. But I would not be shocked at all if Aljo pulls this one off. Interesting, interesting. Um, the second one, uh, the great Amanda Nunez taking on Anderson here. Is there uh, any chance for Anderson here, or is this, this a Nunez in a row? Tough one, tough one. I mean, uh, her best shot is to get a, a big shot in early. Mm. Um, if this fight goes the distance, I just don't see how Megan is able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is this fight is a 145-pound fight. There's just not a lot of talent at 145, so people are getting rushed into title fights too soon in their mm. careers. 
Amanda's been doing this for so long. She's, in most people's eyes, the greatest female fighter of all time. It, it's just, uh, it's a little too soon, I think, for Megan Anderson, who is looking good as of late, but is still, I think, evolving as an MMA fighter. So she's a big underdog. Last I checked, she was like a plus 700. Mm. This would be one of the biggest upsets in the history of the sport if she's able to pull it off, but I just don't know where she wins this fight. Nunes, I think, is the, bi- the better striker. She's the better grappler. Unless Megan catches her with a big shot, which could happen in this sport. We've mm. seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Just don't see it happening. Got it. Got it. Uh, last one, the main event. We got the last airbender, Israel Adesanya, checking in against uh, Blackowitz. What, what do you think about this fight tonight? I'm this sorry. is a huge one. Um, Izzy's trying to make history. First guy to hold the 185 and 205 title. There have only been four fighters in the history of the sport to hold two titles at the same time. He's the 185 champion moving up to 205. Mm-hmm. Um, Jan doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he won the belt. But he didn't have to beat John Jones, who had been the champion right. there for so long. Right. But this guy is really, really tough. I think we're going to learn a lot um, at the weigh-ins on Friday because mm-hmm. the fight is at a 205 fight. Izzy saying that he's going to come in weighing at around 193, which is mm-hmm. absurd. We've never seen someone come in that light for a 205 fight. Mm-hmm. But he has the right mentality. He's like, look, I fight better at this weight. Yeah. I fight around this way when I fight at 185. I'm quicker, I'm lighter, this is where I perform best. Why would I add all this muscle, all this weight, just because I have to? Sometimes the smaller guy, the quicker guy, ends up winning. So I like the fact that he's not steering away from what got him here. Uh, Ultimately, I'm going with Izzy because I just think he's an incredible generational talent who uh, is actually only getting better over time. And I'd actually argue that he's one of the best athletes in the world today, like from a a talent Mm -hmm. and from a resume standpoint, this Mm -hmm. guy – is 20 and 0 as a MMA fighter, 75 and 5 wow. as a kickboxer, wow. and 5 and 1 as a pro boxer. You do the math, that's 100 <laughs> pro wins. Yeah, By yeah. the way, 48 amateur kickboxing wins as well. Damn. The guy is incredible, and he's only 31. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's not like he's done this, you know. For, it, it's it's crazy to me. Anderson Silva, who for the longest time mm-hmm. was the greatest middleweight in, in the UFC and mm-hmm. champion for so long, he made his UFC debut when he was 31. Wow. Izzy's fighting in his 10th UFC fight, and he's 31. Oh, yeah. So think about how much more he can do, how much yeah. greater he can get. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I will side with Izzy on this one. I think he's just too quick and, and too good on the on the feet. He's impressive, man. And after this fight, if he makes it through, you mentioned John Jones. Yes. He's been my favorite fighter of all time to me since I've been watching UFC. I consider myself, I'm a very casual UFC fan. I don't know all the fighters like that, but the, the, the good ones, I follow most of the good fights. And to me, since I've been watching, he's the best person I've ever seen, John Jones. Yeah, he's, uh, listen, I agree with you if you look at just the um, just the activity in the cage, mm-hmm. just the resume, the people he's defeated, um, the way in which he beat them, all that stuff. The one problem I have are the PED infractions. The PEDs, the PEDs yeah. it seems like that's the only thing that has derailed them. You got DC, man. I, I always want to see them, <laughs> you know, knuckle up all the time. I but know. It's just, it seems like the PEDs have just ruined them. That's, that's just been, the, that's the one knock. You know, he has that cloud hanging over him. So then when you compare him to the other guys who are in that discussion, yeah. GSP, um, never tested positive. Yeah. Uh, Habib never tested positive, never failed the drug test. Anderson did twice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a knock on him as well. Um, Demetrius Johnson never tested positive. So yeah. if you don't believe in that stuff and you're just saying, okay, forget about all that. Just talk about what he did in the cage. Yeah. He is the greatest of all time. If you do believe in that stuff, I don't know how you could give it to him because these other guys didn't, didn't do that. They yeah. didn't get caught or they just never did it. 
Do you see this dream bout between uh, Adesanya and Jones happening if if Izzy uh, makes it makes it past Blackowitz? At this point, I don't see the path to it because Jones has moved up to heavyweight, mm-hmm. and they've already said that he's going to fight the winner of the Francis Ngannou Stipe Miocic title fight on mm-hmm. March 27. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess crazy things can happen where one guy gets injured and Izzy wins, and and they change plans. But right now, there really isn't a path to it because just by Izzy winning this 205 belt, which he held for almost a decade, doesn't mean he's going to fight Jones next. So let's yeah. say Jones fights. It could happen, but I don't see it happening before 2022, basically, yeah. just by, if you just look at all the pieces. And, and even Izzy told me he's going to go back down to 185 after this fight anyway. So I would love for it to happen. I actually think it should have happened now. Like yeah. I, think this yeah. I think this weekend we should be watching Jones versus yeah. Izzy. I think they, they're saying, oh, we'll do it in the future. You never know what's going to happen yeah, in the right, future. Right, like you've right. got to strike while the iron's hot. Right. But, you know, so it could be one of those great what-if fights that mm-hmm. we never see. But, you know, if it does happen, I don't think it happens in 21. Yeah. I hope we see it, man. That would be a dream fight. It would be incredible, man. Like, they could sell out any stadium in the world. They yeah. could go to they could go to football stadiums. They could they – could, that, that's one of the biggest, greatest fights that they could put on. Yeah. And what's great about it is they freaking hate each other those guys. Like, they <laughs> right, hate right, each other. Right. And and what's better than that? Like in the fight game, you love that, right? Yeah. Like no, the trash talk would be amplified. Yeah. It'd be great. Man. It's great. It, it it's would great. be great, man. Like um, the '90s Knicks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Full circle. Full, that's full right. circle, Ariel. But uh, listen, man, I thought this was a fantastic conversation. I've been trying to get Thank you on the show for ages. I'm, I'm glad we finally connected. You never and, asked. Uh, I did. I did way back. I way you back. Did? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think you had a lot going on. So you're saying DM, you know, DM or, DM, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need to go back into the archives here. All, all good, man. All good. We made yo, it when happen. I saw it, I was like, I'm, uh, yo, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we made it happen. Oh, man. I see it here. Yeah. What, what was the date on that, man? Give us the date, man. I, July 5th. Okay, but listen. July 5th, 2020. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like, you know, five months ago. We're yeah. not talking years here. But, <laughs> hey, okay, fine. Well, we, we've grown considerably since then. You know, you have. Lot, That's my bad. You know what? That was that was right before a huge pay-per-view. That, July that 5th, was it. it was July 11th. It was the big Fight Island debut and right, all that. So right, there was right. a lot of going on. Yeah. And you probably had nothing going on because, like, the bubble hadn't started. So yeah. you were just coming to me as, like, your 10th, you know, <laughs> get, like, you were just like, oh, who, who can I get? Let's see here? what Ariel's up to now. Yeah, is, Childs is done. <laughs> X-Men is done. Oak, you know, we like, you probably talked to everyone. They're like, okay, fine, we'll throw him a bone. But let me tell you something. I just want to yeah. clear something up here real mm-hmm, quick, mm-hmm. very fast. You know, I get these trolls online to tell me, like, oh, in 2019, you know, we saw you all excited about the Raptors. Let me explain something very clearly okay, yeah, right now. Air him out. Air him out, man. Go ahead, bro. I'm Canadian, all right, yeah. and and the Toronto Raptors in 2019 weren't playing for the city of Toronto; they were playing for the country of Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, my Knicks, my Knicks were at that point, you know, not in a great spot. I was happy for my fellow countrymen. Yeah. I was happy for my friends who want. I'm allowed to be happy for other people when I'm not factoring into things. But rest assured, just like in 2000 and 2001 when we played the Raptors in the playoffs, yeah. that I will forever be orange and blue. And other people want to bring up the Chris Tapps trade because I did – I tweeted January 31st, mm-hmm. 2019, when they traded Chris Tapps. Mm-hmm. I said, this is my last day as a Knicks fan. I said it. It's out there. The mm-hmm. tweet is out there. I didn't mm-hmm. delete On it. On the record. On the, but guess what? I say to everyone who sends me that screen grab, 
Show the one from 24 hours later because I woke up the next day. I was in Gilroy, California, about to interview <laughs> Daniel Cormier for E60 piece. And I yeah. said, you know what? I thought of it, and I'm orange and blue till I die. But the haters don't go. put that no, out. No, no, no. They don't give you that credit. They don't Am give I you allowed that to feel bad for yeah. a day yeah. after everything we've been through? Am I allowed to feel down it's, for just a day? It's all good, man. And then on the Raptors thing, listen, this is your fellow countrymen. You know, it's bigger. It's bigger than basketball. It's bigger than the Raptors. It's I was happy for them. But don't think for a second yeah. that if it comes down to Eastern Conference Final, uh, Jurassic Park versus the Mecca yeah. that I'm not on the front lines, <laughs> you know, at the Mecca. Don't Let's think go. for a second that I'm not bleeding orange and blue if you cut me open right now. Till I die, no okay? Doubt. Till I die. No doubt. And so I just wanted to clear that up on this platform once and for all. I see all the trolls. I know they're trying to <laughs> rattle me, but I have been there since 1990, and you can all test me. You can ask me anything you want about the 90s Knicks, about the 2006. Heck, we could talk about the freaking Kenny Skywalker Knicks. Ooh. We could talk about Willis Reed in 1973. We could talk about David Busher and Dick McGuire and, and Earl the Pearl and Black Jesus and Walt Clyde <laughs> Frazier in 1970 walking out. Here comes Willis, and the crowd is going wild. Do not That's test it. me about May 8, 1970 and what transpired on that day. Till I die man. in my heart. Absolutely no questions asked. Good stuff, man. Well, next time we get you on the show, you got to come on for post game. We got to take calls and 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 wrap out. I would love the game, to, man. I would love to. Absolutely. I guess I got to build up to it. I thought this was the post game, and then I heard I was the pre-taped raw, you know, before the game. But that's all good. That's all good. I'll work my way up. That's all good. We'll, we'll get it going, man. But Ariel, def- definitely appreciate the time, man. Great conversation, bro. Thanks. My man, thank you. Thank you yeah, for having man. me. Enjoy Keep the up fight the great this work. weekend, man. Keep representing. Thank you. We'll do, man. We'll do. Let's get it going. Take care, bro. You too. Take care, man. Yep. Thank you.